The episode you are about to hear was first broadcast on February 3rd, 2015. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 374 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician retired from practice. Our topic today is one-on-one support for family caregiving for schizophrenia. Now, schizophrenia is a serious mental illness that interferes with brain functions such as thinking clearly, making decisions, and relating to others. And it may be complicated by drug addiction, and it may affect more than one member of a family. In some people, schizophrenia is associated with what are called psychoses, which which involve loss of contact with reality, seeing things that aren't there and hearing things that others don't hear. These psychoses may involve self-harm, suicide or violence towards others and may involve behavior that risks death by shooting by police. Schizophrenia lacks a medical cure, but it can recover with appropriate care so the individual can lead a fulfilling life, which is why our topic today, one-on-one support for family caregiving for schizophrenia, is so important for family caregivers. Now, to discuss this topic, our guests are Sharon Evans and Irene Freiberg. Uh, First, Sharon, I'm going to introduce her with her bio. Sharon graduated as a psychiatric nurse in 1967, and in 2008, she earned the Bachelor of Science Psychiatric Nursing degree. In 1988, she began working in adult acute psychiatry at Penticton Regional Hospital. As the clinical resource coordinator for acute programs. She initiated with the British Columbia Schizophrenia Society Penticton branch a program to bring family support into the hospital. From 1999 to 2005, the Day Hospital program had a weekly family support meeting for which the clients had to invite their family. Volunteers came from the branch that is the um, Schizophrenia Society branch, to introduce the programs. And this was all very successful. And today, Sharon volunteers for the branch, and she emphasizes she's committed to creating a caring community when a person has a mental illness. 
Irene has a teaching degree. Her husband also is a teacher. Their daughter, Cindy, always a very bright student, was on the honor roll in high school until, until mid-grade 12, when she began having problems with schoolwork. Cindy graduated following extra courses and then traveled widely in Canada and the US with Covenant players. Cindy was diagnosed with schizophrenia soon after that. And she now lives at home, is very good on the computer and sings like an angel in church. She runs her own home business, Homestead Creations, painting on the computer art that creates business cards, greeting labels, brochures, and much more. Irene and her husband have a son now finishing his doctorate degree in sustainable forestry, and they have one grandchild. And Irene has taught the Family to Family course for 20 years. So welcome to the show, Sharon and Irene. Thank you, Gordon. Thank you. Right. Now, first question for you, Sharon, please. Please tell us more about your life and your professional experience with family caregiving for families with family members who are living with schizophrenia. Sharon? Well, my, my experience as a family caregiver started out actually as a young child. With My mother had a very serious brain injury. She was injured in England during the war. And so without the support of my dad and her family and friends, that's what really made a difference for her to be able to be a good parent and involved in her community. So that was where I learned it. But also I learned from a neighbor who developed a very severe postpartum depression. And at the time we lived in Thunder Bay, I usually say so long ago it was still Port Arthur and Fort William. And when she became ill, they actually had to send her out of the community down to Toronto to the mental hospital, what's now Queen Street, um, the Center for Addictions and Mental Health in, in, in Toronto. There were, no re- there were no resources to treat her in our home, in our home community. So when we came out to BC and we're living in Port Coquitlam just down the road from Riverview Hospital, which is now closed, it, it became part of the community that um, some of my friends and their families um, worked because the parents worked there, the, the friends lived on the grounds. And so it really wasn't all that scary a place. But I also have a cousin who has who had schizophrenia. Um, she required a lot of care and support from her husband and, and siblings and did quite well in her life. So I think for me to see that um, being, being part of a family support network is really what keeps you functional has, has kind of come along with all of my life. Right. Sharon, I'm going to stop you now only because of the tyranny of time. No, I'm, um, not, I'm watching we'll, too, Gordon. Yeah, well, great. We're going to come back to all of this. Irene, please tell us more about your life and your personal experience with family caregiving for your own family member who is living with schizophrenia. Irene? Okay. Um, I had a great family to grow up in, uh, nine children. My dad was a carpenter, but we lived on a farm. And we did all the farm work when Dad had a job. We have one son who's younger than Cindy. 
When Cindy became ill at 16, I was a school teacher. She excelled at school until grade 12, then began failing several subjects. She carried on okay. I went to see the teacher, and the teacher said it was her own business whether she failed or not. And other times she was okay in school, and other times she was in her own reality. Cindy has traveled across Canada and the U.S. with Covenant Players, a Christian drama group. She got lost in Los Angeles. She was sent home and had her first and only time in hospital. She has never had many friends outside of family members. But I felt confident about continuing to teach for several more years, and she seemed well enough at home between jobs. She tried jobs from Barracuda to Jasper and in between, and her favorite was with a computer shop in Nanaimo, where she learned computer skills, which she is very good at. Right. Now, I'm going to ask Sharon, please, um, to tell us about your work with the British Columbia Schizophrenia Society, Paint. Penticton branch. What do you actually do for them? Sharon? Um, probably more than I should, but anyway, that's a different story. I'm, I'm, actually, I'm the volunteer branch president for the society, but I do a lot of the day-to-day work around um, administration, etc. Our um, funding gives us some money that we, we decided as a board to dedicate to the family support worker wages. So we share out the the chores of, you know, being in the office and answering the phone and monitoring the library and all of that good stuff. And certainly a, a big part of my role has been helping us learn about how to raise money, more more money than, than we get from a contract with Interior Health for the family support system. I also teach the Strengthening Families course, which is a successor to the Family to Family course that uh, Irene and Bob have, have been so active and so good in providing over the years. And, for example, this morning, as answered the phone, and here was a lady saying what resources are available in the community and how do I connect everybody to them. And a few minutes later, her husband and daughter, her daughter is the person with the identified problem, came through the door. And so we got them all hooked. That was supports in less time than it's going to take me to tell you about it. And so there's some of that kind of thing. Um, we, I also spend a good part of my time um, doing community education, you know, getting out. And, for example, this weekend was that we had a family literacy event at uh, one of our local malls, and we were there with bells on to promote good mental health literacy um, to the families that were coming with their children, and also to promote Bell's Let's Talk Day, which is on Wednesday, so for raising money for their community fund. I feel really right. strongly about it because we benefited from that community fund, so I want to encourage people to um, go on the Facebook page and click on the spot, or if you're a Bell customer, tweet. I can't tweet, right. but Right. Great. A, a great, a great work. Now, Irene, same question for you. Please tell us more about your work with the British Columbia's Schizophrenia Society, Penticton branch. Irene, what do you do? Um, my husband and I are both board members of BCSF Penticton, and I and Cindy have been to high schools in Penticton many times to help mental illness classes understand schizophrenia. Once or twice a year, 
Bob and I have done the family-to-family course in Penticton. I think people are getting more and more information off the Internet year by year. And in IMO, I have had as many as 24 people in family-to-family courses, which I did regularly for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that mean, then, that the Internet is becoming more important and useful for people who are, have schizophrenia involving their work or in their families? Irene? Uh, I, I definitely think so. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm going to just say back to you both, thank you for this introduction to what you do. What I'm going to take us into in the next segment, which is coming up any moment now, is talking about the kind of challenges that you in your professional work and the volunteer work you do come across. So let's do that now. Let's take the break now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley. My guests are Sharon Evans and Irene Freiberg. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We will be back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Families today face unique challenges. Marriage, parenting, and family forms have changed a lot in the last century. Family Matters with Dr. Virginia Collin will focus on building and maintaining healthy family relationships. We will discuss marriage, divorce, family mediation, parenting, lifestyles, and mental health. All kinds of family matters. Our show will feature guest experts and your participation, too. You can listen to Family Matters live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Dance Talk Radio has come to Voice America. Join host Tracy Marciniak and her celebrity guests every week for a show that takes you inside the world of dance. What's it like working with stars like Katy Perry and Taylor Swift? The experts share their stories and the -the behind-the-scenes secrets. Plus, inside tips to become a better dancer, instructor, or studio owner. Dance on over to the Voice America Variety Channel every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific for Dance Talk Radio. Museums are great places to work and wonderful places to visit. But are they essential? How can we improve our museum practice so that museums remain vital and essential players in society? Listen for Museum Life with host Carol Bossert, where each week we'll discuss timely and topical issues of concern to the museum community. Museum Life can be heard live every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Sharon Evans and Irene Freiberg. 
Our topic is one-on-one support for family caregiving for schizophrenia. Now, let's talk about the challenges that, in your experience, that's both of you, are the most challenging for family members living with schizophrenia and for their family caregivers. So, starting with you, Sharon, please highlight for us what, in your professional experience, are the most challenging of the challenges created for family members who are living with schizophrenia. Sharon? I would would say that my experience is that it's just simply getting the help the person needs when the mental health systems insist that an adult, somebody who's chronologically an adult, have to make their own decisions, and their decision-making capacity is uh, interfered with by the effects of their illness, so they, they, they can't evaluate what's happening for them either internally or externally accurately. And, and of course, the... the Mental Health Commission of Canada, and well, it came out in the original Senate um, study, was that there is a significant amount of stigma by even mental health providers towards people who have a mental illness. So just simply getting people the services that they need in a timely fashion is, is an ongoing hassle and problem. And certainly being able to partner with the person to get them to stay in treatment when when their symptoms are are truly causing them problems and it's difficult for them to to remain connected with with the with the caregivers with the treatment team because of the often the paranoia or the the just I'm, I can't be sick I'm not sick kind of state that some people find themselves in um and certainly for some people the side effects of medication which can be extremely physically troubling, outweigh any benefits. And people need to listen. We need to listen better to to the um, people who are receiving care, but we also need to listen better to their caregivers. They're the ones that are there at 3 o'clock in the morning when everything's going south. Mental health, the health care people are all, most of them anyway, are in bed. And they're certainly not getting out of bed and coming and helping you at with when the person's having difficulties in the middle of the night. Right, right, absolutely. Irene, please highlight for us what, in your personal, your own experience, are the most challenging of the challenges created for a family member who lives with schizophrenia. Irene? Well, that's hard to say. It may just be the matter of being different. She would love to have a job. She hates living on what she sees as welfare. Then there's the constant medication she has to take. And after trying one that made her sick and gain a lot of weight, she would not try that one again. Back to the first meds, that wasn't perfect, but it was better than the second. And no way to try if she's going to try another one. She has never been much of a joiner but longs for at least one good friend and enough money to buy a horse, which she would really like to have. But that's the big challenge, not is being a bit different, just being different. Let me just ask you a question that relates to being different. That being different, is that the kind of thing that people develop their prejudice against, not necessarily when they meet Cindy, but when they meet 
um, people with schizophrenia and they sense that they are different. Is that the cause of this stigmatization or discrimination? Irene, what do you think? Yes, I think so. I, I think you're right. That, that being different does cause discrimination among people. I, I think that's why so many high school kids get in trouble. Because they don't want to be different. They'll do anything just to be part of the gang. Sharon, let me ask you now to highlight for us in your professional experience, what are the most challenging of the challenges created for the family caregivers of the family members who live with schizophrenia? Sharon? Um, I think for me, as I said a few minutes ago, the, the, the challenge that the person's perceived to be an adult and, and you don't engage, you don't engage, Without their permission, you don't engage the family in, in any kind of information giving. Now, most of the standards of practice include for nurses and for physicians and social workers, etc., say that you should be engaging. And best practices say that the healthcare system should be engaging. And and I think there's a, we need to help make a differentiation between giving people information. For example, this medicine may cause the person to develop a tremor. If that happens this is what you do, or um, when they're feeling really anxious, if you sit quietly, don't keep talking, like some really practical help things. But as long as we keep um, families in the dark, they're, they're not going to be able to help the person, they're not going to be effective in how they help the person. And everybody ends up frustrated, and the family, after a while, throw up their hands in frustration because they can't make things improve things for the person that they really care about. Right, right. Um, let me ask you a, a subsidiary to that one now, and that is family caregivers will often be the, the eyes who first see, that first perceive that something is going wrong. Maybe it's a psychotic episode. Maybe it's something else. Um, and yet, if I've understood you right, you're saying that those family caregivers have difficulty getting information out of the healthcare system. Is it, have I summarized that correctly? You bet. Yes, okay. you have. I, I think one of the things with it is um, I recently read a book by Dr. Lloyd Sederer, who is the uh, chief psychiatrist for the state of New York, and he's connected to Bellevue Hospital. And he wrote this really great book about being a family, about family caregiving. And one of his observations in there was that um, his experience is that people go, oh, or providers go, oh, no, I can't talk to you. He said, as a family member, you need to look at them and go, I'm not asking you to talk. I'm asking you to listen. And I yeah. think if families, if we can give families a tool yeah. that helps them be, be assertive and say, I don't want to know what's going on in minute detail with the person. I want you to hear what I'm seeing, and I want you to believe me. You have to, we have to start believing the family members when they say, well, he hasn't been out of his room in two weeks. Meanwhile, the patient because he's, he or she has learned how to be a good patient, is saying, oh, yes, I go for coffee with my friend Joe. Well, he hasn't been near his friend Joe in weeks, but as long as the, um, as long as the people who are responsible for delivering care choose 
or unable to listen to what the the actual less connected observer parents aren't disinterested but um observer is telling them how can how can they make a, a choice between saying to george but but your mom says you haven't gone out out of your room for two weeks except to go to the bathroom right you know we we've, we've got to be able to start helping um the person by really working more collaboratively with the primary caregivers, which in most cases are family members. Got it. Now, Irene, same question. Highlight for us, please, in your personal experience, what you consider to be the most challenging of the challenges created for the family caregivers of a family member who lives with schizophrenia. Irene? From my perspective, one of the biggest challenges is is trying to find a balance between doing too much and expecting too little. Often I do things like putting her wash in with mine and hanging up her stuff on the clothesline. I don't use clothes dryers. But I wonder, should I do it or should she have, have to do this herself? Because Cindy has stretches at really good times. How do I tell when she is off? And try not to expect behavior, which is quite different from the good times. Sometimes I would long to just live my life and not be concerned about the life of another person. But I, I don't suppose that happens in most families, so why would I expect it to happen in mine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Irene, just let me come back to you on that particular point. That means, really, you are taking the full responsibility. And then it leads me, Irene, to ask you this question. Do you think you get sufficient support from the healthcare system, from uh, the world at large, in that you have to help you take that responsibility of caring for your family member? Irene? Well, I, I honestly don't know what else the healthcare system could do. She sees a psychiatrist uh, regularly, but we never. She never really does have any good answers or or much help from from that. He has given her some suggestions. Uh, Cindy refuses to sit and do nothing, and she is taking courses from Thompson River University in Kamloops by the uh, long-distance learning. And he sometimes gives her clues on on uh, ways to make good work of her courses. But other than that, there's, I haven't really found too much in the way of help from the, from the system. No, I haven't. And just to comment back to both of you, Um, just before we take the break, um, the help that comes to the family caregiver then is a question because the family caregiver has to do all, so many of the things that the healthcare system isn't doing by way of supporting the family member living with schizophrenia. And it seems to me that that's one of the fundamentals points, and you've made several already that you're making, is that family caregivers, it's not just a question of 
worrying about them, it's a question of supporting them and finding more and better ways to support them in the work they're doing, because the work they're doing is work, and this is me speaking now, that the healthcare system either doesn't do very well or cannot do very well. Now, on that rather aggressive point, I'm going to take the break because we're going to come back and talk about more of these things. So, Let's take the break. This is Dr. Gordon Adler, and my guests are Sharon Evans and Irene Freiberg. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Tune in Tuesdays and join the credit master and consumer advocate, Mr. D, a.k.a. Bruce J. Danielson, and learn the whole truth about credit risk scoring, collectors, both kinds, credit bureaus, credit cards, tax liens, mortgages, and much more. Find out how to use accountability combat to protect yourself from becoming a victim and to fight back against corporate abusers, such as banksters who have taken unfair advantage of most of us. The Consumer Fightback Show educates consumers on how to find relief within today's onerous credit system. See you Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you experiencing a relationship or a relation slip? Without the carefully measured balance of spirit and ego, it might not be what you want it to be. On Relation Slips with Dr. Bobby Summer and Lori Lynn Mann, we'll explore relationships from two unique ends of the spectrum. In addition, we'll have amazing guests, both experts and celebrities, and we'll hear from you too. Relation Slips can be heard live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to doc. G at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Sharon Evans and Irene Freiberg. Our topic is one-on-one support for family caregiving for schizophrenia. Now, both of you, let's talk about the ways in which one-on-one support for family caregivers, caring for family members, living with schizophrenia, helps them, the family caregivers, and their family members overcome the challenges you've both identified. Starting with you, Sharon, please. Please highlight for us the ways in which, in your professional experience, one-on-one support for family caregivers helps in overcoming the challenges you've been talking about. Sharon? Well, you know, in preparation for this, I took a look back at some of our feedback that we've received from families, and I think it really summarizes itself. It's going um, many, 
It certainly has opened many doors and conversations. It has also given me a sense of worthwhileness and being useful. Um, family members talk about the support group because joining helped find direct support for the direction and decisions I am taking and making in dealing with the challenges of having mental illness in my family. Um, you know, fam, look at looking at families telling us that they appreciate everything this group in Penticton is doing to ease the pain of the family members and the client themselves. And I think really for for me the 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 important thing is that people go, oh, I'm not alone, because these are illnesses of isolation. The person isolates themselves, which then isolates the rest of the the family. They isolate themselves, not just from the community at large, but also from their family, even if they're in the same building. Um, the family's so bewildered by what's going on that, that they stop reaching out of their, their community, into their community, because do you dare go out? You never know what you'll find when you come home. And I think that's just the whole issue around um, we're the only ones... Everybody seems to think this is they're the only ones in the world this is happening to. So getting people past that point where they start accepting that, you know, this is these are, are illnesses that probably pre that certainly predate written history, I'm sure. And it's only recently, in the last fifty years sixty years, that we've been able to have medicine that actually treats the symptoms. But by treating the symptoms that means that we then have to also help the person with all the other activities of everyday life to to be able to function in in normal adult roles appropriate to their age. Right. So we we really are as as a society um, trying to help a group of people that that have sort of got stuck. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and and I think for me most recently the one event. We do a, uh, an annual art show in collaboration with Penticton Art Gallery around mental health for Mental Illness Awareness Week in October. And we have a residence in our community for people who have very serious illness that has not responded well to, to treatment. And they have a small group that does an art program. And they made a con- they contributed to the art program this year and came up for a uh, tea and talk thing that the art gallery puts on, and they left me crying because here are a group of people who normally wouldn't say boo to each other, never mind the world at large, talking to community members about their artwork. It I'm was Sharon, I'm, I'm going to wonderful. stop you there. The word wonderful is what I want to stop on because that's, that captures a very important message. Now, Irene, I want to ask you, please, to highlight for us, you know, the ways in which, and this is your personal experience, one-on-one support for family caregivers helps them overcome the challenges. Now, it may be one-on-one experience for you as a family caregiver or one-on-one experience that you've gained with one-on-one support for other family caregivers. Either way, Irene? Yes, well, I don't know how to answer that question as I have never had one-on-one support, except for my husband, of course. In the earlier years of my daughter's illness, I would sometimes rage and cry and try and figure out 
Why us? Why me? But I believe I have learned, as the hymn says, to leave it in the hands of the Lord and really believe that he knows what's going on and he will make it right somehow, some way. When I see her beautifully leading the singing in church service, for example, I have to know that there's a good purpose for her life and it will all work out some way. And that's about the best I can do with it. Right, right. Very powerful. Um, Spirituality, I'm hearing you say, is important. Mm -hmm. Is that what... Am I right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Sharon, back to you. Highlight the ways, again, it's in your professional experience, this one-on-one support for family caregivers helps them in helping their family members in overcoming the challenges that you've identified. Sharon? I think the I think the thing that's always struck me is how important it is for family members to take that list of signs and symptoms that says, you know, Mary has schizophrenia and say, Okay, how does this actually look like for Mary? So to be to take that generic list and and make it something that is specific for the person that they care about. And I think the other thing is is to really get past the point of it's not always possible to overcome the challenges. You know, you got to learn how to work around it, not through it. And so how do you manage the impact of, of some of the, for example, the difficulties in, in making decisions that some people experience? Um, how, do, how do you make that happen? The, the fact that for some people, if they're telling you a story and you, in, and you make a comment, they have to start again from the beginning. They can't just pick up the story and, and go on. So you need to learn to be quiet until they stop talking. Um, to, help the, to help them get a handle on what is it about the, the signs and symptoms of the illness that's specific to the behaviors that their person is demonstrating so that they can make it more real for that individual. Everybody Just, needs a chance to talk. Right. Just say a little bit more about making things real. You just said that. What do you mean by that, Sharon? Um, when you read a, when you read the, the textbook list of symptoms, and then you sit there and you look at your person who's sitting there looking out the window, well, they're not laughing and giggling, but it says here that, you know, they could laugh and giggle to themselves. But maybe they're, maybe they're, they're cranky. You know, they snap at you. Well, that's because the voices might be telling them that you're, you're, uh, you don't care and you, you're going to put them out on the street and, and, um, you just want, you just want to take their, their disability money and you don't want to give them anything for it. And so they're hearing all this negative stuff and that's what they're responding to, not to what you're saying, which is you need to give me the money so we can go grocery, for growing grocery shopping. Right. So very, something very practical like that. that you need real, to go and have a shower. Yeah, yeah. That's real practicality. Now, Irene, I want to go back to you. It's again the same type of question. The ways in which 
In your experience, one-on-one -on -one support for family caregivers helps them in helping their family members in overcoming the challenges that you've talked about. Irene? Well, I would like to <laughs> see family caregivers be able to leave their family member with a competent caregiver for a few days or a week so that, could, so that they could have a holiday without constantly worrying about the person they're living behind. Mind you, that wouldn't work for me, as I'd always be worrying about her. If we go on a trip, she comes too. We've been to the Chile and the Cook Islands, and, and Cindy is with us. Sometimes she's having a good time, and sometimes it's not a good time, but... I, I don't know that a family caregiver would be of support to us, but I do believe that for some families, and I know families who have left on holidays and left their family with a caregiver, and, and it's been good for them, but it wouldn't be good for me. Irene, what you've just described is family, isn't it? That is, you as a family, are confronted by this illness, whatever we're going to call it, this condition. And some days it gets in the way and some days it doesn't. But you're, you, the family, the family caregiver, are there all the time providing the support that you believe is needed and that seems to work for your family member. Yeah. Do you agree with what I've just said? Yes, I do. Because the question then I'd ask you very quickly is, do you think enough people outside, you know, in the healthcare system, the bureaucrats, government, all the rest of them, actually understand the role of the family caregiver in that way? No, I don't think they do. No, I, I don't see how they could. But even so, no, I don't believe they understand that. Right. Quick question then for Sharon. Do you think that the people out out there understand the things no. that Ari's No, I don't. If a person has a heart problem, the family, and you take them into emergency, the family leaves with information about how to monitor them at home, when to bring, you know, when to worry, if you should bring them back to the hospital, or if you can take them to the doctor's office. They're made they're helped to be part of the care team. Our families are told they can't be told anything. Right. Um, and really, people, providers, it's got to be that engagement is about knowledge. How can, how can the person best be helped at home? Because that's where care is happening these days. It's happening in the home. Right. Our, bigger, our bigger challenge is, and nobody should leave, any community mental health service inf without information about family support in their community. And we read it every day. Nobody told me. Nobody told me. And it doesn't matter whether you're in a, a small, um, semi-urban, rural community like Penticton or whether you're in Toronto. Nobody told us. You know, and, uh, and it's, it just breaks my heart to read that. Yep. We're going to take the break on that note but we're going to talk about things that can be done 
to address these challenges you've both been talking about. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley. My guests are Sharon Evans and Irene Freiberg. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleiner interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Want to help make our world a better place, but not sure where to start? Tune into Better Worldians Radio with the creators of the social game on Facebook called A Better World. Join hosts Ray, Mary Sue, and Gregory Hansel, who will inspire you to make a big difference in small ways. They'll speak to experts, authors, volunteers, and everyday people who are changing the world daily. Better Worldians Radio is heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Sharon Evans and Irene Freiberg. Our topic is one-on-one support for family caregiving for schizophrenia. Now, both of you, let's talk about the things that you would like to do and see done to promote one-on-one support for family caregiving for schizophrenia. Sharon, first question then to you. What more would you like to do to promote one-on-one support for family caregivers caring for family members with schizophrenia. Sharon? Well, as, as I said in the previous segment, I mean, reach out for the help. It is there. Um, and certainly today, there's all kinds of organizations, Schizophrenia Society of Canada, there's um, in the States, there's the National Alliance for Mental Illness. If the person has depression, there's the mood disorders group, there's bipolar groups, it's, there's something for every diagnosis. Reach out. Reach out for help because education is crucial to improving our coping. If I understand what's going on, I can help, I can better help my family member. Um, some of it is going to be just physically local in your own community and or some of it is going to be just for the family members. Some of it is going to be for the person. Um, each needs their own um, opportunities to to have individual support. And, you know, we need to take advantage of, of that. Most of the support, and for example, in our community, everyone who works for our branch or who 
pretty well, and pretty well everyone who volunteers for our branch has somehow been, is somehow a family member. So when when we talk, we we walk the walk, so we know how hard right. that path is. Been there, done that. You betcha. Right, Irene. What more would you like to see done? Who would you like to see do it to promote one-on-one support for family caregivers caring for family members with schizophrenia? Irene? Well, my first message, I suppose, is that they should get in touch with the uh, nearest Schizophrenia Society branch, for starters. Um, Lots of people don't even know there is such a thing as a, a schizophrenia branch around. We didn't find out about uh, people who had mental illness, schizophrenia, and other kinds of mental illness. We didn't find out about that until one time uh, Cindy's chiropractor, would you believe, told her that there was a place where people with schizophrenia could go and meet with other people and have some fellowship with them. So how we would get more of the word out that there is such a thing as the Schizophrenia Society. We have the Thursday night meetings. We have uh, places where people could get together and and talk about the problems, but do people know about it? We have to get the word out. As I say, we found out about it from a chiropractor. So I, I don't know. That's a good answer. That is to say, if I can just summarize back to you, you're saying the message has got to be got out that there is help um, in the form, for example, of one-on-one support for family caregivers, but not enough of the people who need that help in one way or another know about it, and therefore that falls to all of us to get the message out. Correct. Is that right? That's it, is it? Now, the reason I'm rushing is because we're in the last segment, and I want to make sure that you both get a chance at this last question. Um, Sharon, what's your message for family caregivers who've just learned that one of their family members is living with schizophrenia. What's your message for the family caregivers? Sharon? My message is that you are going to feel overwhelmed and you are going to be shocked and you are going to be frightened and you are going to think that it can never get any better. It will only get worse. And... The reality is that if you ask for help, if you look at the your family doctor and say, where do I go, and they say, I don't know, then you, in this day and age, for heaven's sakes, as Irene said, go on the Internet, run a support for schizophrenia Google search, and you will get connected. Do not just go, oh, well. We're strange. We're strange. It, there's nothing out there. There is a lot out there, out here, and certainly if your person, if you're in our area, South Okanagan Similkameen, and your person ends up in the hospital, every Monday from noon till one, our family support worker is is at the hospital. So, you know, check in and talk to the staff and say who do I talk to, and if they go, I don't know. I'm going to be disappointed. Right, right. Right. Irene, 
What's your message for family caregivers who've just learned that one one of their family members is living with schizophrenia? Harry? Well, they should certainly go uh, perhaps to their... uh, I don't know if it's in the telephone book or not. I don't know how they'd find out. The best thing to do, I suppose, is go to the... um, Well, where would they find out? There you've got me. Let me just carry on. If they they suddenly found out that their child had schizophrenia, I found out from our chiropractor. So where would they find out? They would have to be talking to somebody else, I suppose, who had illness in the family. Yeah. Of course, in Penticton, there is a schizophrenia society, which would help. But But other than that, I don't know how they'd find out. No. See, that's the, the trick question, is how do people find out? Maybe they're not that sure just exactly what the name of the illness is. That's because right. some of my colleagues, you know, aren't always very keen to jump to a serious diagnosis like that. And yet, both of you, Sharon and Irene, you, you know that the family is very aware that there's something that's not right. There's something going wrong in the live life of their family member. And so, therefore, knowing where to go is important. And that's where, if I can summarize back to you both, the work you're doing with this um, program, your one-on-one support for family caregivers is so important. And what I hope is that in a, in a minor way, I wish, I wish it would be a major way, this episode of Family Caregivers Unite that you've been talking on and still are just now, will get this message across that to the wider community of family caregivers. Yes, there is help and ask around, but it may not be, unfortunately, obvious uh, where to ask unless you have a service such as Sharon and Irene run in Penticton, or that you're aware of the various associations that exist to provide these sorts of services. And then the next thing I want to say back to you, which I've got from things you've been saying, is the importance of family caregivers not feeling alone and recognizing that there are other family caregivers who are walking, traveling the same road as they are, and therefore for them to get together and talk, share experiences, is a way of living with the challenges and finding various ways to work around or overcome the challenges. So on that point, I'm afraid we have to stop because we're out of time. But I want to say, Sharon and Irene, thank you. Thank you very much for being so open with us. And thank you very much for the advice you give. And I wish you both in every possible way, personally and professionally, success, continuing success in your work because it's, a, it's vastly important four families coping with this difficult, seriously difficult illness. I want to say thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode. And with family 
Caregivers Unite, we're starting a new research project called Qualitative Research. The idea is to find out what you, our listeners, have to say about your experiences with family caregiving for serious mental health disabilities. So please email me if you're interested. Our next episode will be Baha'i Faith and Family Caregiving. Please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being right.